Good evening and welcome to the latest episode of the Online Warriors podcast. It's technically the Halloween episode. I mean, this is the last episode that will come out before Spooky Day. It's not about Halloween. I'm sorry. That's going to bum people out. I'm just starting right away saying Happy Halloween, but not really. But You know what is about Halloween, though? Our secret segment, which also is coming out this week. Right. And the tinkering with tactic. Okay, so that look look at that. We turned it right around on you. There's a lot of Halloween content here at Online Warriors, just not in the main episode. So we'll talk about the Patreon later. You can hit us up there. This week is video game week. In a sense, all three of our topics are directly video game related. I am Illegal86. I am joined by Nerd Bomber and Tectic, who you've already heard over there in the far reaches of cyberspace. And I'm already like emotion feeling emotionally charged about the first topic. For those that have listened to the show for any amount of time, they know that I'm a naughty dog stan. All right. And I don't use that term lightly. And uh, the Uncharted trailer dropped last week. So we're going to be talking about that. And I have some thoughts. So we'll get to that. Uh, we're going to be talking about a little bit of a, I don't want to call it a publicity stunt, something that NVIDIA is doing regarding their GeForce GTX 3080s, I think is the serial number. We'll get to those. And then Grand Theft Auto. Not Grand Theft Auto 6, though. Why is anyone even expecting that at this point? Like, is teasing that even worthwhile? Because it's never going to happen. They're going to keep pumping out the same content over and over. Yeah, I feel like my tease for this episode is just just going to bum a lot of people out. But I'm like I said, I'm pre-angry. So what, why don't we just get to Uncharted right away? Because I hate what's happening. Like, where do I even? Where do I start? There's okay. There's a couple of things that were good. So let me talk about what things were good okay the plane scene where all the boxes are coming out that was good it directly taken from one of the games so good job with that what was your question you had a question i was going to ask was that was any of these action cutscenes pulled directly from the games yeah so the plane where all the boxes are coming out pretty much pulled directly from uncharted 3 drake's deception how did he not die when he fell from the plane when the car came down he do you want me to actually say? Because I'll tell you. I want to know. Well, I you're not spoiling the show because you're telling us how it was done in the game. In the yeah, right. So in the game, I believe what happens is one of the boxes has a parachute on it, and he was like flying through the air, and he grabs one of the boxes that's falling, and it catches up to it, and then he pulls the parachute on the box and just hangs onto the box, so he survives. Uh, there's no car. I will say that's one element. There's no car involved in this scene in the game, so the car is new, and I don't really know what that's about. I liked that. I definitely liked the female lead. That's good casting because I assume that's going to be Chloe from Uncharted 4 and Uncharted Lost Legacy. And I think she's in Uncharted 2. I actually can't remember. She's in one of the other ones as well. That's good casting. I think she's going to be amazing. That is the only good casting. I mean, I like Tom Holland. I'm not a, I'm not, I'm not a Tom Holland detractor. I think, like, I'm actually a Tom Holland fan, if anything. He's the wrong choice. He's absolutely the wrong choice for this. Should have been Jake Mark Wahlberg Gyllenhaal isn't even right. worse. Jake Gyllenhaal would have been good. Uh, Nathan well, this Killian is supposed to like, be a young Nathan Drake. That's what they're going for here, right? This is supposed to be like I don't, starting I don't at back at the beginning. I, I don't want it. Yeah, but I can I see from me, like a from a met. business perspective, they're probably going to draw this out into like a 007 type thing or like what is the Tom Cruise one? Why can't I remember what Not it's if called? It's bad. Mission Impossible. Mission Impossible. N- not if it's bad. Okay, but consider like, the following. I, mm. You have a movie. So 
to try to get as many butts and seats as possible. Yeah, like they're basing it off their biggest video game, one of their biggest video game IPs that they own. But they're casting it with Marky Mark and Tom Holland, who are arguably two of the biggest stars. And Antonio Banderas is in it. They're hot right You're going to get all age groups, butts and seats, no problem. And then it's going to kick it off. People who have never even heard of Uncharted are going to probably buy into this movie and turn it into a franchise. Calling it now. Antonio Banderas. Okay. Antonio Banderas is fine. Okay. I accept that casting choice. That was That is a fine choice. It's a very nothing choice to me. It's not good. It's not bad. I get that they're trying to youngify Nathan Drake, but I just like, okay, take Sully as a character. You know what his whole thing is? He's a grouchy old man. That is literally his entire character. If you were to write, if, if you were to say who is Sully in Uncharted, you would say he's Nathan Drake's grouchy old friend. And they were like, oh, you know what? Why don't we throw that in a garbage can and pee all over it? Because Mark Wahlberg is hot right now. Like, I don't... I just, no, but you know what? In 20 old. years, Mark Wahlberg is what? He's in his 50s now? So in 20 years... No, no get out of here. Someone, I'm good, someone I'm good. Google how old he is. But either way, in 20 years, he's going to have uh, either salt and pepper or, you know, that suave white hair so look. Fast. Yeah. And he's going to fit the bill perfectly. He's, he is exactly 50. So you, you were... There you okay. go. I think He's exactly 50 years old. So they're going to milk this franchise. I'm calling it now. They're going to milk this franchise over the next like decade. And he's going to age into Sully. I don't. I want Sully now. <laughs> like, I, I just. I don't know. Like I get what you're saying. I just. I can't get past. I can't get past it. And like. I feel like the sense of humor was all wrong. The. Oh you're a little young for a prom. Oh you're. Whatever it was. You're young to be a bartender. You're old for a prom. Like. Ah. Uh, they're immediately drawing attention to the fact that Tom Holland is too young. I, I will say, let's let's take let's give it a spot a positive spin here really quick. I'm ex- I'm interested in what they're doing with the Sam Drake stuff. That hooked me a little bit. That Why? was maybe the single best thing because it's going to be different than the games in a way that I think might be interesting. Care to well, no, right? Sam Drake. I'm trying to think actually. Sam Drake may actually be presumed dead when you first hear about him in the game, so maybe that's not different. But who's going to play him because I'm pretty sure he's older than Nathan Drake in the game and surely will be in the movie. Who's the hot um, actor in between Marky Mark and Tom Holland's age? Nathan Fillion. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, gosh, who? That's a good question. That's who it's I've already be. said it's going to be Mysterio. No, because Jake how, Gyllenhaal is getting close to the same age as Marky Mark. How he's old? not quite there is, yet, but this person is too old, but you know who my dream Sam Drake would be? Oh my God, he would be the best Sam Drake, and like I'm actually mad now that I know he's not going to be in it because he's older than Mark Wahlberg. Matthew McConaughey would be the perfect Sam Drake. No, it, uh, it's yes, it was. It's actually upsetting. Have you played the Uncharted games? No. <laughs> then, then you then then you have then you have no leg to stand on here. He would be amazing. He would be perfect. Uh, he's too old now though. He's 51. Who's 40? You know what? I mean, Tom Holland's what 25? Who's 30? Is there anyone Me. who's 30 anymore? I'll well, but yeah, we're third, but like, I don't know. We can't do it. We're we're busy. We're making a podcast. I mean, I don't know. Like, what? What's? Let, let me not monopolize the conversation. You guys seem to have liked it more than me, which is not surprising because there's no way to like it less than me. I mean, I'm uh, not saying I necessarily like it or dislike it. I'm, I was just saying, like, this is their plan. I can I can almost guarantee you this is their plan, and that's how they're going to have this whole thing unfold over the next decade. They're going to turn this into a series of movies that is persistent for a decade or more. And Vin Diesel's going to be in it. 
Sure, a decade. If you look at like other sequel to movies, like the movies roll out every two years. So, I mean, they aren't even touching the storylines that are in the games yet. This is all prequel stuff. So by the time you actually get into the games, then you have four games to work with. So you can easily sp- draw this out over eight to ten years and get the Do whole story arc. I ask this knowing full well that I am the current most like authoritative uncharted person here but do we know this is prequel stuff like they were talking about like magellan and i have to look into that like is that from the first game i don't think it is i don't know i know they were saying that this is supposed to be younger than he is in the games though so i would assume it would be prequel stuff but i think isn't it i'm trying to think now and i'm just thinking out loud on the podcast i think there's going to be a lot of creative liberties done in the movies as opposed to just copy pasting the games i think he literally finds the ring in like the first scene of the first game or something. He's after something Drake related at the beginning of the first game, like right away. Because he already has the, I don't know, he has the ring when he's a kid too, I think. I don't remember, but I'm I'm mad. Like this is a situation for me where I just, just give me what I had and what I already like. And I get why they're not doing it, but it just steams my beans. It just steams my beans. Well, I think part I think, of why they're doing it though is like, you have to give people a reason to get into the games, especially like, aren't they talking about remastering it again for the next gen, even though they just, they did... just announced it. They announced it at the end of the trailer. Right. The trailer I watched. So um, imagine you're Sony, you're trying to sell consoles and games. What better than some sort of like prequel that doesn't spoil the story of the remasters of all the games and will drive people to continue the story by buying the games. So I think the remaster is actually just remastering four and lost legacy. Okay. Because and I think it's called like Thieves Legacy or something. Because I think they are moving past one, two, and three. So in that case, your theory is 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 kind of shot. I mean, I, I get the theory, but if I like if I went to see this movie, I didn't know anything about the games, I would go see the movie and be like, wow, Tom Holland, young action, hip, cool, Gen Z. And then I would go to play the game and there'd be some geriatric and I would be like, what the, what is this? Like, I, I get it. I do. I just want to be angry. Just let, can you just let me be angry for, for a little bit about this? Like, I, I feel like I've earned, it's my right as a fan of this franchise to be salty. The, the other thing I will say too, can you imagine Tom Holland shooting a person? Because I cannot. I can see him holding the pistol and sort of it shaking in his hand. I can see him aiming at one point, not pulling the trigger. There's one point in the trailer where he fires a pistol and I'm like, he must have just been he must have been just shooting in the air because there's no way he would ever shoot anybody. But that's part of I'm not, I don't buy that. That's part of the beauty of him being a young character. I, I think a lot of people can concur with that vision and you can probably see him developing into someone who would hesitate to shoot and then all of a sudden now has the confidence and will do it by the end. And I'm not saying it has to be a bloodbath, but like... Have you seen him in other roles though? Because, you know, when we watched Cherry... I thought I was going to have a really hard time separating Spider-Man Tom Holland from, you know, the war downtrodden character that he played in Cherry. But then ultimately I had no issue with it. But even then he was a medic. He wasn't like just out there killing people. Right. But I mean, he he was doing some really dark stuff that Spider-Man definitely is not doing in the Marvel movies. I can tell you. He shoots some people in, uh, what was that movie? I talked about it on the podcast. It wasn't very good. Devil all the time. He shoots a couple of folks, but in both instances, it's it's kind of spoiler alert, but like, honestly, don't even bother watching this movie. He's like very backed into a corner. And it's like a situation where like, 
he either has to shoot these people or he will die. Like it's one of those things. And you can maybe make the argument that that's exactly the situation that Nathan Drake is in. But like, I don't know. I want it to be like, I think one of the reasons Uncharted is so successful is that it's kind of like Indiana Jones. And I don't know, this is like reverse ageism, but I feel like you need someone, a man of a certain age to pull that off. Like, that's why I, I like at one point they were teasing like Shia LaBeouf being the next Indiana Jones. And then it didn't take off because people probably were like, this is, this is stupid. It's never going to work. Also Shia LaBeouf, Sam Drake, <laughs> that would be, he's like exactly the right age. I feel like, I don't know, but I feel like he's got, what if Shia LaBeouf is Sam? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He'd be exactly the right age to be, to be Sam Drake. But didn't he have like a bunch of legal issues recently? He always has legal issues. I think he's still doing stuff. He's 35 right now. I mean, he like, when I look at, when I Google Shia LaBeouf and look at Google images, he looks like a treasure hunter presumed dead. <laughs> like if I were to imagine what that would look like. Well, I mean, he like, was uh, like in holes on a desert island somewhere. Right. Yes. Good, good, good throwback. Uh, what about, what about Joseph Gordon-Levitt? That might be good. How old is he? Mm. I'm just. I think he's too old. Throwing now. crap at the wall. And just, yeah. He might be like he might be like 40. I'm throwing stuff at the wall and seeing what sticks at this point. He's 40. But Tom Hardy's definitely old. But I'm gonna Google it anyways. Um, 44. He's even older. Man, what actors are 30? Like, are there any? Sounds like there's a niche. Tom Holland is 25. By the way, that's I was I was just throwing a number out there before, but I just Googled it and he's 25. I mean, there's like Miles Teller. What's he up to these days? Um, I don't know if I really want Miles Teller, but that's that's a pretty. He's thirty four, which is like a good territory to be in, at least age wise. I'm I'm less mad about Nathan Drake, and I'm more mad about Sully because Sully is like it's not even just the age. It's like guys, I found the transformer. When 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 he talks, he's basically always growling. He's he's like shouting at Nate, like kid, what are you doing? Like that's his whole thing. Mark Wahlberg can't do. He's not. It's not. It's not going to be any good. The weird thing with me with Mark Wahlberg, and maybe it's just because I feel like he always kind of plays the same type of character. I'm getting to a point where every movie that we see Mark Wahlberg in, I just identify him as, oh, this is Mark Wahlberg in this scenario now. Like, it's very yeah. difficult for me to actually like see him as his character. Even the movie that we just watched, was it The Infinite the Infinite or whatever? I was just like, oh, this is Marky Mark as, as some infinite reincarnated dude. <laughs> You know who else is exactly like that, actually, is Tom Cruise. Like, when I watch a Tom Cruise movie, I'm just like, okay, it's just Tom Cruise playing. Who cares what he's playing? He's just Tom Cruise. I think there are certain, there's a subset of actors that definitely fall into that category. You know who might be a good Sam Drake? Oh, I bet. I bet the Rock. The, no, hang on. I bet this guy is the perfect age, and he's currently experiencing a career resurgence. In fact, I think we may have just predicted who Sam Drake is going to be. Our Pat. It's the RPAT renaissance. We're living in it. He looks exactly correct. He's 35. I think it's going to be Robert Pattinson. Robert Pattinson would be a great Sam Drake. Mark Wahlberg's going to be a bad... Yeah, I can kind of get behind that one. Tom Holland, I get it. He's, a, he's, he's the it kid. He's the leading, he's the leading boy. M- make it him, I guess. But I, I definitely take issue with Mark Wahlberg. I, I don't know. I could be totally wrong about this. People could be very excited. I actually don't know what the general yeah, sentiment was. I kind of say get excited for it. Until proven otherwise. That's my stance. The set pieces look like... I mean, they threw so much money at this. The set pieces look like they're going to be fantastic. I will say that. From what little we saw, we mostly saw plane stuff. And then, like, at one point, he's, like, in a nightclub fighting. I don't know. 
it could be really good. I just, I, I'm setting myself up to be disappointed. If that's not immediately clear, I want so much out of this movie and I'm not going to get it. So I'm like, I'm pretty disappointed, but we'll move on to happier topics. How about that? That, that seems like a good place for us to go. Uh, let us know on Twitter at OW86. That's me at online warriors. One is our main show account at OW tactic tactic over there. And at, OW Nerd Bomber is Nerd Bomber. Let us know what your thoughts are on the Uncharted trailer. How excited are you? How wrong am I? Etc. Let's talk about graphics cards. You guys are at least vaguely PC gamers, am I right? Vaguely. You've, you've I have not. But I do know that there's currently an ongoing chip shortage, which I believe is also contributing to the shortage of PS5s and other such gaming paraphernalia. NVIDIA has, is announcing. They have announced recently that they're adding a new membership tier to their GeForce Now cloud gaming service uh, that will allow subscribers to game using RTX 3080s, which are the ones that you see people lining up at Best Buy for, I believe. I think there's multiple ones that people are lining up at Best Buy for. But this is like cream of the crop. To give you a, a point of reference, the Microsoft's Xbox Series X has a GPU with 12 teraflops. The 3080 has 39. So this thing... You can basically run real life on this thing and it'll be fine, is what it seems like. You can run the Matrix. You can run the Matrix on it. 120 FPS, you know, the whole the whole shebang. Uh, this membership starts at $99.99 for six months uh, and becomes available next month in North America. Europe has to wait until December. GeForce Now founders and priority members have early access to pre-ordering the service starting on October 21st, which was a few days ago. So I guess it seems like a good idea, but... I don't understand. There's something I don't understand, and it's a very basic question, I guess. If there is a shortage of these things, presumably everyone is going to sign up for this because they want to use the 3080. No, not necessarily. There's it's people in- that are against cloud gaming. There's people that are against subscription services. So those two items right there alone will will have some deterrent. My big but thing is... But how does is- NVIDIA know that they have a month, have enough of them? Is like what I'm wondering. Well, it's probably going to be like demand loading, you know, assuming that not everybody is going to be using the service and tapping at the same time. If you have enough of them, like it, it'll probably be fine. My biggest issue with this whole thing is kind of twofold. and It all comes down to cost. So first of all, like the 3080, if you can actually find one for regular retail price, they start at $699. In the span of you're talking about three and a half years, you could have just bought one of these. And additionally, the service, like you have to bring your own games. They're they're not providing you any games. You're literally paying to use their cloud gaming and to use their hardware, but they're not giving you any games. So from that perspective, and especially if you don't have like a good internet connection, why would anybody do this? You know, like it's not like, but you're probably not going to get unless you have like really good gigabit internet with, you know, the most optimal router and everything. And you've paid that amount of money. First of all, if you're that hardcore about your gaming, you probably already have a really good graphics card. So you don't necessarily need this. You can just wait. But if you don't like you're not going to be leveraging the full power, there's always going to be input lag because even with like xCloud or whatever Microsoft is calling their service now like there's still even the smallest little bit of input lag because you're playing virtually it just doesn't make sense to me I don't know why you would do this see 
I think well, there is a market yeah. though because of the shortage. I think that's why they're doing that. So this is sort of a uh, interim option for people who can't get their hands on one. For example, illegal. If you had the option to play PS5 right now for a small fee relative to the total cost of a PS5, would you do it? I'm going to torpedo your argument here, but I'm going to say no. <laughs> I know you want me to say yes, but I'm I'm a patient guy. Yeah, I would totally uh, do it. I love PlayStation I'm, 5. See? See? I'm, my my point is I'm not waiting out in lines. There are people that are waiting out in lines to try and get these things. There is clearly some some sect of PC gamers that is absolutely rabid over this. And another kind of point that we haven't mentioned here, and maybe a reason why NVIDIA is doing this as well, a big chunk of the demand, I believe, for these graphics cards has nothing to do with gaming at all. I, aren't they used for mining uh, cryptocurrency? It's not like a big thing. People are buying these things basically just to put them in their houses. Right, but I don't think you could use them. You for, can't. With, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm saying there. I think NVIDIA is saying, haha, you can use our graphics cards, but not to make yourself money, you jerks. And I don't know, like, I think it's going to be very telling how much demand for these graphics cards has to do with gaming. And maybe maybe they'll find out, like, okay, people don't want to use our service because we won't let them mine Bitcoin with these things because obviously they won't. So I don't know. I mean, maybe maybe I'm wrong. Like My immediate concern if I was in the market for this would be they don't have enough set up. I'm going to try and use one and it's going to be being used by somebody. Like, they're going to like, they're going to overload. There's going to be too many users for too few 3080s. But maybe maybe it's the exact opposite. Maybe there's they have a bunch that they're just, they've set aside for this and no one's going to want them because they want them to mine Bitcoin with. See, the reason why I wanted to talk about this topic is not so much because of the subscription service and the graphics card with respect to gaming, but rather the graphics card with respect to the maker space. And the fact that they're sort of pigeonholing it around gaming, I think is a loss. So me personally, our graphics card and our, our computing capabilities is fine to run the games that we want to run. Where there's a bit of an issue is with regards to modeling software and 3D printing things. And so my computer is just painfully slow with respect to the when I have these large assembly drawing models. And to, to just kind of hone in on gaming in what I like to call the DIY renaissance that we're in, I mean, everyone's getting 3D printers now, it's absolutely glorious, I think is a loss. I mean, yeah, I, I, I don't disagree. I, I don't know if it's gonna work. I would imagine if they're rolling this out, they clearly think it's going to. But I could see this failing. There's a lot of ways this could fail, if that if that makes sense. I don't think they truly understand their customer base. I mean, I don't know. They also may not have to. I mean, think about it. You're the manufacturer of these components. What do they really have to lose? If no one uses the service, eh. I mean, they already have GE Force now available just not at this price point with this hardware. You know what I mean? So like... Right. They and don't... if there's not as much demand, they can pivot pretty quick to just selling the ones they're not using. Mm -hmm. Which maybe that's their plan. Maybe they're maybe that's their backup plan. Maybe they think that's the more likely outcome than, than not having enough 3080s to meet demand. But even if that's the problem, they could just, I don't know, allocate some that they're selling to put into the supercomputer. Super so I'm sure they have a plan. Frankly, not being a PC gamer, it's all it's all a little Greek to me. But I am curious. I would love to see a pie chart for like like you said, or like you were saying, tech, like what is the demand for these things? Because I mentioned 
cryptocurrency. You mentioned modeling. How much of it is actually gaming? It wouldn't it, it wouldn't surprise me to learn. It's like less than a third of it is gaming. And there's a lot more uses for it than we consider. I mean, when you hear the term graphics card, you think, okay, gaming PC. But I don't know. Maybe not anymore. Not to derail the conversation in any way, but like the entire cryptocurrency space is kind of crazy to me. Just like how many new cryptocurrencies are being launched all the time on a regular basis. Like every day there's new cryptocurrencies launching. And I'm kind of curious, like what happens with those? I just want like, I don't, well, admit, I guess I can't grasp it in my head why we need so many different ones. But hey, I don't know. This is a safe space, I think, for me to admit. And, I, you know, I'm sure I've admitted this on the podcast before. But like here and now, October 2021, I still don't get it. I don't even understand how, what is it? Like there's money involved somehow. I don't get it. And I, I, I'm not asking you to explain it to me. I'm not even sure I want it explained to me. I have no cryptocurrency investments, but I don't know. I suppose it's as real as the rest of the stock market is in a way, but like, I don't get it. And like you said, there's more every day for me to not understand. I don't know. It's the new Wall Street. I used to not understand Wall Street at all. And now I understand it a little bit, but cryptocurrency, I definitely don't get. It's got to diversify your portfolio. If someone wants to tip me up on Twitter and try and explain cryptocurrency to me in 140 characters, I... uh, I encourage you to do that, but it might not end well for you. It might just end with me scratching my head. We're going to head to the break now uh, before we come back to talk about Grand Theft Auto. But before we do that, I would be remiss if I did not shout out our fantastic Patreon producer, Mr. Stephen Keller. Stephen will be joining us on the show in a couple weeks' time here. And that is one of the many perks he gets as a result of his sponsorship of the show as a producer. Uh, He also gets this producer shout out, of course. He gets input into the weekly game segment and he gets access to the monthly secret segment and vlog. Uh, We already mentioned the secret segment earlier in the show. We did a Halloween themed segment that you can go check out if you're a subscriber to our Patreon. There are also two lower tiers of support. There is a Squire level of support, which gets you access to the monthly secret segment and vlog. And there's also a page level, which gets you access to the monthly secret segment. So for more of the details on all of those levels of support, you can head over to patreon.com slash online warriors podcast. Thanks again to Steven. We'll be right back uh, after a shout out from our sponsor to talk about Grand Theft Auto. Since 1998, Stamps.com has been an indispensable tool for nearly 1 million businesses. Stamps.com brings the services of the U.S. Postal Service and UPS shipping right to your computer. Whether you're an office sending invoices, a side hustle Etsy shop, or a full-blown warehouse shipping out orders, Stamps.com will make your life easier. All you need is a computer and a standard printer. No special supplies or equipment. Within minutes, you're up and running, printing official postage for any letter, any package, anywhere you want. And you'll get exclusive discounts on postage and shipping from USPS and UPS. Once your mail is ready, just schedule a pickup or drop it off. No traffic, no lines. Cut the confusion out of shipping with Stamps.com's new Rate Advisor tool. You can compare shipping rates and timelines to easily find the best option. Save time and money with Stamps.com. There's no risk, and with my promo code P-O-D, you get a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus free postage and a digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. Just go to Stamps.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage, and type in P-O-D. That's Stamps.com, promo code P-O-D. Stamps.com. Never go to the post office again. 
Okay, welcome back. Uh, we are here to talk about Grand Theft Auto, the trilogy, the definitive edition, uh, which may, we may have talked about this on the show previously, or at least our listeners may have heard about it, but it now has an official release date, digital release on November 11th, physical releases to follow on December 7th. So this is coming very soon. The three remasters that are included in this trilogy, GTA 3, GTA Vice City, and GTA San Andreas. All games I'm, of course, familiar with having grown up in the late 90s, early 2000s. These were previously PS3 and 360 games. Or no, these were... How, how long ago were these? It doesn't matter, I guess. But the question we need to ask ourselves here is, how much longer can Rockstar keep charging us for the same thing? Because this is going to be 60 bucks, And... I have never been a Grand Theft Auto fan. I can't imagine buying this. I can't imagine how big a fan you'd need to be to to, to buy this. I mean, there's they mentioned a, a total graphical overhaul, completely rebuilt lighting system, improved shadows, weather, and reflections, upgraded character and vehicle models, higher resolution textures, yada, yada, yada. They mentioned some gameplay improvements, uh, targeting a lock-on aiming, updated weapon and radio station wheels, uh, updated achievements, and more. I just... <sighs> I still, I'm 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 at a point where they're going to keep doing it for as long as we'll keep paying sixty bucks for it. But like, especially in terms of like remasters as a term, Grand Theft Auto, I feel like is exactly the sort of franchise that does not need any remasters. See, but here's the thing: Grand Theft Auto is a lot of people see it as this game that's remembered for stealing cars and picking up hookers, and really the fan base exist because of the missions. The missions are just absolutely zany and wild and memorable. And so with, with something like a remaster, you can expect more missions, new new sort of crazy adventures to go on. And I can see the draw from that perspective, honestly, especially with the uh, with the achievements that they can roll out with the insanity that that can exist in this world. But all the same to your point. So Grand Theft Auto V has been one of the top-selling games for, oh my god, it must be like at least five years, if not more. I almost want to say it's been like I a decade. It's, it's the best-selling game ever. It's been out for, I'm almost certain it's been out for more than a decade. I'm going to Google that real quick. Keep talking. And, you know, we've been hearing about, you know, the next actual new installment of the Grand Theft Auto series for so long. And as a fan and customer... It's a little frustrating. And I mean, a studio can do whatever they want. At the end of the day, like it's their art, it's their work. But it's frustrating to be promised a game and then see resources being spent on another full price remaster. And I know you're getting technically three games here, but just like you said, being sold the same stuff again another time, it's, it's, it's something that Nintendo but does in their a lot shoes. of too. It, it's just wild to yeah. me. But in their shoes, I don't blame them. They're going to keep doing it as so long as people keep buying it. And people will probably buy this thing. You know, I'll, I'd probably buy it. As long as there are preteens in this world, it'll keep buying. That, for me, was the first game that I was like, ooh, this is a naughty game. I'm buying it. And that's going like, to keep existing for every kid ever. But wouldn't they also buy Grand Theft Auto 6? Exactly. I was going to say, to, to your point, Tactic, about... Oh, the, the the missions are are zany, and you know there's there's this sandbox world, and I agree with all of that. But you know where else that zaniness can and would exist is in a new game, like a new game. Like I'm sure it's easier in a number of ways for them to 
to remaster three old games and put new missions in. But like, I don't know. I, I just feel like if I'm a Grand Theft Auto fan at this point, that's the last thing that I want. And maybe I'm wrong. I must be wrong because they're putting a lot of effort into doing this and they expect people to buy it and people probably will. But it and I did Google, by the way, it came out in September 2013. Grand Theft Auto 5. So not it's quite a decade, years. but yeah, we're coming up on it soon. Right. And I'm sure when the decade comes and goes and there's not a Grand Theft Auto 6, that's that's going to be a, a kind of a that's going to be a point at which the gaming community is like, OK, maybe that's it. Maybe that's the point people are like, OK, we're done. We've literally waited 10 years and you haven't done it. So goodbye. And maybe gamers don't have that strong of backbones, but I don't know. I mean, I remember like in terms of Grand Theft Autos, like Vice City and San Andreas, I remember how big of a deal those were. So, you know, as far as remasters go, I guess it makes sense from a standpoint of name recognition. But like graphically, there's no, there's nothing to gain. These games have never been about graphics at all. So I don't even know why they put effort into that part. Putting effort into the gameplay and overhauling that in certain ways that I totally understand. But again, I'm just not sure that would be enough for me to want to spend $60 on. If it was 30 bucks or 40 bucks, maybe. I mean, what I'm trying to think was the was the Tony Hawk remaster, which by the way was incredible. 39. That was 40 bucks. Yeah, yeah that, that was 40 bucks. Like if it's 40 bucks, I'm a lot more willing to let this go. But they're clearly just trying and I guess I think PS5 games are 70 bucks now. So I guess it's a little bit discounted. But like, man, make it 40 bucks and I'm on board. Make it like the Tony Hawk remaster was and I'm on board. But and like, I'm so conflicted well, with it because I am someone who genuinely like I enjoy remasters. I like I don't always go back oh, and revisit too. the games yeah. that I love. But like, it just feels like with the Grand Theft Auto series specifically, when you're waiting for a sequel, like when the Mass Effect remastered collection the legendary edition came out at the time i wasn't expecting anything new from them so when it was announced and they kind of announced it simultaneously with a new project like i was just hyped because the series had been kind of you know hidden under a rock for a little bit and dormant so i was just happy it was coming back it wasn't like i was waiting for eight years for a new installment or anything like that so it's so tricky like i don't know i i really wonder and this is something i never when I read the article, usually I like peruse the comments or check Reddit or Twitter to like kind of test the temperature of gamers. And I didn't do that for this. And I'm really curious to see how people feel about yet another Grand Theft Auto basically repackage of an existing game. Yeah, I mean, because another touch point, I would say, and I, we definitely talked about this on the podcast. Do you remember, I think it was like two years ago or something, maybe two or three years ago. We've How long have we been podcasting? My goodness. Uh, Blizzard did yes. that thing where they, they teased a new Diablo game and people were like, oh my God, Diablo 4 or 5 or whichever one they're on. And then they were like, no, it's a Diablo mobile game. And people were so, like it, it trended, it went viral. It, people were so angry. And in a way, I feel like Rockstar deserves credit for, again, doing some finagling and like finessing. Like, people don't seem mad at Rockstar. And if I was a Rockstar, if I was a fan of these games, I'd be so pissed at them. Because I like, and people are, people were pissed at Blizzard for that. I remember people were very pissed at Blizzard for that. And it like made news. And this doesn't seem to have made any news. People are just like, yeah, same. Maybe it's at this point, just like people are like, yeah, we expect this. Yeah, it's, it, it seems like it's just like, eh, same shit, different day. Right. Which, you know, I don't know if that's the world you want to be living in if you're if you're a rock star. But I don't know. I mean, Rockstar is a very weird company because like 
they also made Red Dead Redemption 2 pretty recently, and that was like an incredible game by all accounts. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't for me, but that's whatever. I just, it's been talked about for so long. Grand Theft Auto 6 has. And it's at this rate, it's probably going to be talked about for a while longer. <laughs> I just, what the release schedule is, if, does this, do they think this buys them time? I want to be sitting in a boardroom at Rockstar just to know what they think this game's, besides money, of course, going to gain them money, but like, it's also dev time that I feel like could definitely be used more profitably elsewhere. Even if it wasn't a full Grand Theft Auto 6, like, I don't know, make an expansion or something. Like, do something that's not a remaster. And I agree with you, Nerd Bomber. In 99% of cases, I love remasters. I'm so excited for the Dead Space remaster. I've been calling for a Metroid remaster for however long. But, like, those ga- the remasters of those games make so much more sense to me than this does. This one I don't really understand. But they'll make money. There's little to no doubt of that. They always do. So that brings us to what are you up to Wednesday? And I'm going to start because I have a action-packed what are you up to Wednesday. I've been up to a lot. I did start Metroid Dread. I am not nearly as far along as Technic is. We are not in sync with this one. I'm really enjoying it so far. My mini review for a side-scrolling Metroid. It is phenomenal. side-scrolling Metroids are the best Metroids? I disagree with that. And I, I, I know that's an unpopular opinion. I stand by it. I, Metroid Prime is always going to be my one and only, I guess. For a side-scrolling Metroid, this is phenomenal. It's about as good as it could be. Everything so far is being done correctly. That's like, and I know it's a boring review, but like, I don't really have a single knock. Um, other than that, like, my one knock, if I could find one, would be that it's hard, but I'm also uh, a continuing trend for me. Well, a, it's meant to be hard, and a continuing trend for me as I like kind of like take a break from video games for a while and come back to them, I'm like, Oh my gosh, I'm not good at video games anymore. I think there was a time at which I was good at them. And that time I'm getting old or something. I don't know what, I don't know what's happening, but um, really enjoying Metroid dread. We'll continue to update on that. So that's my gaming update. There was a TV show. I'll try and come back to that. But the other thing uh, I saw a movie in a theater for the first time in a while, no time to die. The James Bond movie. And look, James Bond is exactly what you think it is every single time. If you've ever seen a James Bond movie, you should see No Time to Die because you're going to get exactly what you expect. And you'll probably be like, I've seen almost all of the Daniel Craig James Bonds. This is definitely among the better of them. That's what I will say. They kind of go every other one is good. Casino Royale is amazing. Quantum of Solace is bad. Skyfall is amazing. Spectre is bad. Spectre was one I didn't finish. I fell asleep. And then this one, No Time to Die, is like probably the third best. It's not as good as Skyfall. It's not as good as Casino Royale, but it's very good. I was entertained. It's two hours and 43 minutes, which is long, but it did not drag basically at all. So that's like my mini report on that. And then I did remember what show I watched. So I'm going to circle back to that. Only Murders in the Building. Oh, uh, oh you finally watched this? We watched it in three days. <laughs> did you guys talk about it on the show? And I just, I don't remember it. Or maybe you talked about it while I was gone for a we bit. We did, yeah. Um, yeah, it's great. It's such an, e- especially after all the episodes came out is when we started watching it. So again, three watching it in three days, I cannot imagine watching it weekly. So I'm not going to spoil it, but I do want to say when you do watch it, folks, I want to know if you think the end was lackluster, like the motive was just kind of lackluster. Um trying to think if i can speak to that without providing any spoilers builds up to be this big thing and then it's just not i disagree i don't i it's so hard to talk about this show because it's so brand new 
And I think the last episode did just come out last week. So, you know, we're not even close to like the spoiler sanction. But I, without spoiling, I disagree with you, Toxic. I think it has a lot of, without giving any spoilers, it has a lot of good head fakes. And it's like really good. There's 10 episodes in the season. They're all like, like I said, like half an hour episodes. So it's really great to binge. I can't imagine watching it week to week. But, and for that, yeah, another reason I can't imagine watching it week to week is almost every episode ends with some kind of cliffhanger or some kind of new information. So the, the release and control of information is really, really good. The acting was a bit of a mixed bag. Uh, I thought Martin Short, Martin Short should be doing more things. That was, that's like one of my main bullet points for this show is he was so good and i think he's at an age where he kind of just decided i'm not going to act anymore unless it's like something i really want to do and this must have been one of those things because he's friends with steve martin steve martin and selena gomez were were not we're not good like actors like they were the writing was good selena gomez has this like i think she was affecting a voice during the show but she talked like a disinterested teenager for the entire show. Well, that was supposed to be what she was, though. I would almost argue that she acted very well because much. that's exactly how she came off. It was like, I, and maybe, yeah, it might have been intentional because like her and Steve Martin, the way they played off each other, Steve Martin overacted a lot. And she like underacted in the sense But that he was supposed to overact she... because he was an ex-actor. Like he was supposed to be this eccentric... It wasn't like that. It was it was like it was supposed to be genuine reaction on his part as a human person that I thought was 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 overdone. Um, Martin Short was perfect. See, I, I don't I don't know great. if I agree because Steve Martin's whole character was supposed to be somebody who was kind of socially awkward and didn't know how to interact with people. So I think throughout the series, you see him overacting because he's awkward and overcompensating for the fact that he doesn't know what to do in social situations. Also, the the show was supposed to be kind of campy, so it was. I was going to say, I, I, I campiness I can totally get behind and believe, but I'm not as willing to like think that Steve Martin was like that highbrow about his character and like how he acted it. I mean, the character is like you said, clearly a very anxious person and everything, but I'm not sure if the if the scripts, as good as they were, contained enough subtext <laughs> for me to like d- dive that deep into his performance, and, and maybe I shouldn't dive into it at all but um the writing was good the mystery was very good and that's what you show up for this is on hulu by the way i don't think that we've mentioned that but uh that was great so those are my three update things i've talked for like seven minutes so i'm gonna give it over to nerd bomber so i have a few things going on one was a movie that we watched uh we watched free guy so This is actually a movie that I wanted to see a while back. Obviously, this is the one with Ryan Reynolds where he plays an NPC in a video game who becomes self-aware. And it was a lot of fun. If you tried to take it seriously, you were not in the right place. You were doomed. Yeah, you should not be taking this movie seriously. It was, again, it was very campy, very driven with gamer references. If you're not a big gamer, you're not going to understand half of the things. And it's one of those movies that kind of made you realize that as a gamer and an experienced gamer, how many things you do take for granted that you just know because you've had experience with games in general. Um, there, there's a point in the movie where, you know, as he's becoming self-aware, he has to have like levels and all of the different like video game elements 
explained to him. And it was kind of interesting because it did give you like the perspective of what it would be like to get into video games for the very first time. You know what I mean? Well, and not understand yeah, what's going on around you. My my older brother and my sister, a bunch of my family watched this together. I wasn't with them. I haven't seen it. But my brother said at one point, our mom turned to him like halfway through the movie or something. It was just like, what's a spawn point? And like, so like, that's kind of the level of like, there's a certain certain dictionary of terms that you probably are going to be better off if you're familiar with going into watching that movie. And like you said, we take that for granted. Like the term spawn point is not a self-explanatory term. So like when you hear it as a, as a mom who's like, hasn't played much video games in her life, you're probably like, I don't know what that is. You think mm-hmm. of spawning so, fish. <laughs> right. You think of, uh, yeah, you think of a lot of other stuff, but not, not a spawn point in a video game, I guess, as we know it, I guess. Yeah. So there are a lot of gamer references. I think if you are a gamer, you'll appreciate a lot. Like a lot of it took place in the real world in a game studio. And I mean, the acting was pretty spot on for what the movie was trying to achieve like Taika Waititi and the guy who plays Steve whose name I can't remember from Stranger Things was one of the stars in it and I think they played to their roles Joe Keery yes thank you I think they played to their roles very very well and obviously Ryan Reynolds pulled off his role I mean I think he was one of the driving forces behind this movie even being made so all in all I thought it was pretty fun I, like I said, I don't think it's for everybody. I think there's a big subset of the population who would not even understand what was going on. But I think if you are in, you know, gamer nerd culture, it's it's at least a fun movie to pop on and enjoy for a couple hours. Also, a little bit more of a rom-com than I expected, which I've been starved for rom-coms. So I was happy about that. Guys, Joe Keery is 29. We did it. Is he really? That's Sam Drake. That's so crazy to me just because he is a teenager in Stranger Things or plays one at least. Wow. He's perfect. He's perfect. He's the one. He Sam is Drake. the one. Just give him a haircut. Yeah. So anyways, he might need a haircut for it. Yeah. Although Sam Drake has long hair in the game. But anyways, continue. Um, and then the other major development in my life is that I invested in an Oculus Quest 2. Um, I got my, you know, my annual health benefit you know how like health insurance will give you a little bit of a kickback and you're supposed to buy healthy things so i bought an oculus quest too and i am actually really enjoying it compared to the psvr which we also have i think i do like it better than the psvr i think it's less bulky the headset or the headband rather that comes with the headset is definitely not as comfortable there are these little plastic adjuster things on the the back of the strap which kind of dig into your head and i don't know if that's like me having it too tight or whatever or not having it in the right place but that's kind of ouchy eventually you don't even really realize it though but not having any cords or anything like that is really impressive like when you're playing games, they have 360 elements that the PlayStation VR just can't pull off very well without you getting tangled in wires. So definitely a big improvement there. And also the thing that I have really enjoyed are the controllers. So, you know, the PSVR has the move controllers, but you just kind of hold them and you can press a button, but there's no like finger tracking or anything like that. With the Oculus, they have, you know, you can like grip things there's a button so you can grip things on the side you can also like it can sense when your finger is off of the controller so you can like point and press things with a pointer finger and there's even like without using controller there are a few games that just do hand tracking which is pretty neat 
So all of that stuff is super cool and makes it feel a little bit more immersive and realistic than the PSVR. Um, I did primarily get it to play Supernatural VR, which is supposed to be like a, a fitness, almost like a gym subscription. You pay a monthly fee and it's basically like Beat Saber, but it's more workout oriented. You're not just like listening to techno music. They have real music set up in a playlist and there's a coach kind of walking you through and like pumping you up through a dedicated like workout. And I will say my legs are pretty sore because it's not just like hitting targets. There's squats involved and they keep it very high paced. And again, it's not just like you're standing in one place. They've got you doing like 360 movement. So you're turning, engaging your core, all that kind of stuff that had me building up a sweat. So it's a little hefty of a price. Like I think it's $18 a month right now to subscribe to it. I'm currently on a free trial. I don't know if it's going to be worthwhile for me to continue subscribing every month. You can share the subscription with other people in your household using the headset. So if Tactic is interested, maybe like splitting the price, it would make a little bit more sense. It did, like I said, it worked up a pretty good sweat and was a very cool experience. I think the coach aspect, having someone to like motivate you to keep going was pretty cool. Um, But it's just pricey when you can do like Beat Saber or Moonrider, which is a free web version of Beat Saber and not pay $20 a month. So we'll, we'll see if we continue that. So Supernatural VR, just to be clear, is not a game based on that show that everyone loves. No, it's Remember not. That yeah. Show? Oh, yeah. Supernatural is like big time. On the CW or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, uh, I'm going to tactic. I'm going to out you here. Sorry. But uh, I got a, I got a chap snap from tactic last night or two nights ago. I can't remember which. And uh, Nerd Bomber, you were in the Matrix. <laughs> and he was he, he he was showing me what was going on with you. And without getting into the details, your VR face was uh, hilarious. There was like, there was a definite, and I, you, I don't think you were playing the Supernatural game because there wasn't any sweating going on. It was more just like you standing in one spot and your she mouth was painting. Was I was painting. Your mouth, your mouth was halfway between like normal closed and like a gape. It was like, it was like open enough where you could tell it was just, it was just subconsciously hanging there. <laughs> and there was a definite look of awe that, and uh, a mix of awe and concentration presumably because you were painting a masterpiece. Yeah, you sent me the masterpiece. I realize now. You sent me a painting, and I think you just said art. And I was like, I, I, there was no context. So I was literally like, okay, she just painted something. Yeah, no, like that it was, was actually... One of the things that is also super cool about the Oculus is that, and you can't access this with PSVR, but there is a whole, and this is just VR in general, there is a whole world of, it's called web VR, and people make like VR app- games that you can access in your browser. You don't even download it. They're all free. You just access it through your browser in the Oculus or whatever headset that you have that's PC-ish, that's not like just yeah, so PSVR. This, is, so this was like MS Paint, basically. Pretty, well, no. So this this paint game, well, it was more of like a paint studio. So you think like a browser-based game, you're like, oh, it can't be that complex. You open it up, you open this, it gives you the option to like go into the VR experience. I'm standing at a lake, like a full-fledged, like I look like I'm at a yeah. realistic lake with a nice canvas in front of me. And because... A palette? Did you have a palette? Yeah, I had a palette. And because oh, oh, yeah. the quest has the, like you feel like you're holding, you can like grip 
the paintbrush. Like you gripped the paintbrush and I was actually getting down and I was painting and, you know, mixing the paints on my palette. And it was great. It was so much fun. It was very peaceful. The look on her face. It was like you. Yeah, it was. I can't. I don't even want to describe it. Just listeners. Just imagine it. It was very funny. Yeah, Uh, that's very cool. In tactic, what have you been up to? So I am still grinding through Metroid Dread. I believe I just beat the ninth boss. And so I think I have just the main bad guy left. No spoilies, please. No, 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 no spoilies to be had. The other thing is we watched a movie to try to get on the horror train called Invisible Man. And I thought this was going to be sort of a Kevin Bacon remake. And it was not. That was Hollow Man. Was that what it was called? Yeah, that was Hollow Man. Oh, no wonder we were so confused and disappointed. Yeah, I was like, where's Kevin? Invisible Man, Invisible Man is like, I mean, that Invisible Man was like back again, like back in like, back when Universal Pictures were making all the monster movies. That was like back in like the 40s or something that they made the first one of those. I don't know. That's that's bad information. This movie, I'm going to say, was not great. They kept trying to do head fakes all the time, and they just, there were good ways that they could have ended the story, and there was like a less satisfying way, and they picked the less satisfying way. It was just okay. I I don't recommend it. There's way better, better horror films that you can watch to prepare yourself for the Halloween night. The Invisible Man, based on the book by H.G. Wells, came out in 1933 originally. Hollow Man is, yeah, some Kevin Bacon thing from like the 90s. And that movie was <laughs> that, fantastic. Was it? I've never seen it. I just, I'm vaguely aware of it. You've never uh, seen that? 2000s when Hollow Man came out. Kevin Bacon is disappointed in you. Yeah. Kevin Bacon, Josh Brolin, Greg Grunberg, you know that guy from who's in like, he's in every, like, he's in Lost and he's like, he's in every J.J. Abrams movie. You would know him if you saw him. I've heard, uh, yeah, I've heard things about Hollow Man. I don't know if they've all been good, but I've heard, I've heard a lot about it. It's one of those weird movies. It's like, I just missed it or something. I, watch I that. Don't watch The Invisible Man. The other thing is we started watching a new show on Hulu called Champagne, Illinois. And it's a movie, it's a TV show about three friends and two of which are kind of the posses of their one friend who became a famous rapper. And then their famous rapper friend died and basically their gravy train ended. So it's kind of these people trying to get back on their feet and navigate the world without a gravy train. And it's, it's, it's kind of funny. It's, it's quirky. It's mindless. If that's what you're looking for after a day of work and you know, so far we're enjoying it. Yeah. We're, we're in a show hole right now. We're looking for a new show. We might try, we might start the chair, which I know you guys talked about like many weeks ago. We're not sure yet, but the only disappointing thing about that is you will finish it very quickly and find yourself back in another show hole. That's a fine place to be. Any amount of time wasted is, is time spent well. That's not a, a saying at all, and I just made it up. Nerd Bomber, quiz us. Quiz, quiz, quiz at us. You said we're going to quiz about Frankenstein today, right? Yes, so we're keeping in the spooky season. I think this is the only spooky part of this episode. But to celebrate Halloween, our Patreon subscribers voted on Frankenstein. So, are you guys ready? It's actually pronounced Frankenstein, but yeah, I'm, I'm ready. No, it's not. I know. I'm joking. Okay. It actually I, might be. For I thought I know, you were like but... Mandela affecting me for a minute there. I was like, no, it's not. I bet if you asked a, like a, a, a Dutch person to say it, they'd say like Frankenstein or something like, you know, like you never know. We'll say Frankenstein. We'll stick with Frankenstein. All right. Uh, yeah, I'm ready. First question up. And 
illegal, you'll go first just because you have the best record. So give Tactic a little bit of a break, even though I want him to lose Loki. How old was Mary Shelley when she started writing Frankenstein? Oh, boy. It's either very young or very old. I'm pretty sure. Oh, boy. I, I, I'm going to say 68. I'm going to say she was she was getting on in her years. No, I'm going to say she was a young, aspiring writer, and she was 23 years old. All right. Well, you both actually busted. She was only 18 years old when she wrote Frankenstein. Yes, I, was, I, I knew it was one of the two. I'll, I'll take a bust on the first question. Yeah, so no points for either of you. Now, Mary Shelley actually got the inspiration to write Frankenstein while she was traveling. And when she was in Hesse, Germany, she happened upon the Frankenstein Castle. At what elevation in the Odenwald mountain range is it located? You can give me either meters or feet. I have both. Tactic, gentlemen's agreement. Let's do meters. No. That is (laughs) 3,000. No. Yeah, if you guys do one stick in that metric, because... I'll do whatever Tactic does. Okay. That's 8,000 feet above sea level. That's too high, man. That's too high. I, I'm, I mean, I'm just going to say uh, 100 feet. All right, so Lego gets his first point. It was located at 1,210 feet above sea level. Barely even mountains. So that's like foothills. Probably. Okay. All right, so Frankenstein was actually originally published anonymously in 1818. In what year was Mary Shelley finally given credit with it published under her name? Sidebar, fun fact, I read Frankenstein in an airport. I read the, I read the entire book in an airport once because I had to spend, I had to be in an airport overnight. So you chose it, Frankenstein? Yeah, it was terrible. Not the book, the book was great. Being in an airport overnight is awful. Uh, 1833. Is that because you know this? No, I just think it was... I like the number 33 right now. And also, I think it was 15 years. It seems like a, a good answer for a number of reasons. 1834. <sighs> you both busted. Come on! Yeah, you used your plus one. That counts. <laughs> so, it's, it's over now for you. So, it was finally published... Finish him. ...in 1823 under Mary Shelley's name. So, it really didn't take too long for them to finally get I her. I just went with 23 earlier. Dang. So Illegal is still leading by one point, and we have three questions left. Okay. How many Easy. films feature Frankenstein? Now you got me saying Frankenstein. Frankenstein, yeah. <laughs> Frankenstein's it, monster. So <laughs> How many films in total? Well, uh, I mean, oh, Tactic, you're first. I was about to give away the... And I'm not necessarily saying like it's a Frankenstein movie. It's a movie featuring Frankenstein's monster in it. So, for example, there is a Scooby-Doo monster or Scooby-Doo movie that has Frankenstein's monster, and that counts on this list. I'm going to say 43. Oh, it's way more than that. I was double it. 86. Tactic gets his first point of the game. 73 movies, according to... Oh, Wikipedia. man. Come on. That's... All right. Fair enough. I don't know why I'm mad. That's just, that's just good quizmanship right there. Okay. Two questions left. Tie game. Base is loaded. So one of the most famous of the movies on that list is the Hollywood Boris Karloff version in 1931. How old was Boris Karloff when that Frankenstein movie premiered? 42. That's way too old. See, I think they that he was much younger, but they tried to make him look old. So I'm going to go, I'm just going to say, I'm just going to say 15, just so I have sufficient margin not to bust. 
All right, so Illegal gets this Fudge. one. You were actually very close. So Boris Karloff was actually considered a bit of a late bloomer in Hollywood circles. He was 44 years old when he took this role oh, and the movie yeah. premiered. That's what I'm talking about right there. Tactic pressure's on. Yeah, this is the final question. It's now or never. It's going to be never. What was the budget for the Boris Karloff movie sequel, Bride of Frankenstein? Was that like if it were made today? No, back then. I'm just going to say $15,000. I want to be clear about something. I know that I could say 15001 but I'm not going to because I respect tactic and I respect myself. That's Look, I, that's, I have to say that. It also means I might lose, but I don't, I don't care. No, you wouldn't lose based on that. Well, I would tie. But, um, that's, a great, that's a great guess, if, if I may. That's a, I was going to say $10,000. I'm not going to now. I think that's a fantastic guess. It didn't work for me before, but I'm going to do it again. I'm just going to double it, say $30,000. All right. You had a lot of margin for error. Illegal gets this one, and he wins the entire game. The budget was $397,000. That is buku bucks back in the day. I mean, adjusted for inflation, that's got to be yeah, it's Avengers Endgame's money. Chunk of change. Google, Google it yourself. I, don't, I have no idea what the inflation rate is. But uh, hey. Look at that. I'm back on my high horse. Uh, let's take a look at the standings here. I moved to 16 and 3. Tactic to 9 and 10. Nerd Bomber, you're back up in Woo! second place at 10 and 10. So don't get too excited. <laughs> that means next week there's another Battle of the Titans. 10 and 10 versus 9 and 10. So tune in for that one. Quiz topic TBD. I don't know. Maybe it'll be like Thanksgiving theme or something. Turkey. That's That's coming up now. Maybe it be about sleeping. It's also going to be right around uh, daylight savings too. Maybe it'll be a daylight savings themed. That'll that'll be <laughs> really eventful. A lot of great potential quiz topics coming up. But for now, you'll have to make do with uh, the end of another fantastic online warriors podcast episode. We hope you enjoyed it. Head over to Apple Podcasts, leave us a review there. Hit us up on Twitter at our handles as we already mentioned, and uh, go check out our Patreon if you liked what you listened to. You might be able to help us keep this thing going. So hit us up there and uh, get out there and tell oh, your spirit it's... Halloween cashier. Oh, shout out to spirit Halloween. I'm actually, I might be going to spirit Halloween tomorrow. I don't have a Halloween costume yet, guys. Uh, it's a little embarrassing, but it's the state of things for me right now. So stay tuned, I guess. I don't know. I'll tweet about it. Adios.